The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more. SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race strips to the Porta Johns. It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. SlayRx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA food scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT21 for 10% off at their website. Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and SlayRx. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys, and I'm a college professor. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a mom to three girls, and I'm a CPA. My name is Eric Hall. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm the father to three teenagers and a husband to a beautiful wife, Melissa, and an engineer. 
and you are the champion of the 2021 Southern Tour Ultra. Isn't that correct? <laughs> that is correct. I, I, for for reasons we will discuss later, I caution to say champion. But yes, in 2021, <laughs> I won the Southern Tour Ultra. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. Miles. Maybe I should have offered a spoiler alert there, but, uh, but, but uh, congrats to Eric on his win in the 50 mile this past weekend that we're going to hear a whole lot more about here in, uh, in just a few minutes. Um, let's go around the horn real quick. Michelle, what you up to? Oh, I finally started watching uh, Falcon and the winter soldier. So it's yes. very uh, exciting. I went through all of star Wars for the first time with George, what, like a year and a half ago, that was Absolutely. my treadmill show. And then I did all the, uh, Marvel movies. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. So now I'm getting caught up uh, one episode behind. Uh, so what it does actually is it makes me excited to run on the treadmill. And the bad part of that is that my alarm goes off and I don't get up to run because I'm like, oh, I'll just run on the treadmill later because I'll get to watch the show. So <laughs> I just lay in bed and look at Twitter in the morning or waste time because I think it's an incentive to run on the treadmill if I can watch something uh, that's fun to watch. So I'm you, enjoying you could that. You could turn off your alarm and sleep an extra hour like a normal person. Uh, I'm just not normal. <laughs> <laughs> why would, why, why be normal? What is that? <laughs> so sometimes I feel like I live in an alternative universe from the two of you and I don't actually understand the language you're speaking. <laughs> so for those of us that don't live in the world of George and Michelle, can you explain to me what you're talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, Michelle, I want you to explain it since, okay, since, but... since you're the one who brought it up. There are so many more people who know what the Falcon and Winter Soldier are <laughs> that have nothing to do with George and Michelle than there are people that don't, like you, Eric. <laughs> so, probably won't be able to do justice to it. But um, I love when we Falcon. start an explanation with dogging me for not understanding something. <laughs> Falcon and the this Winter is how you Soldier. Teach kids not to ask questions. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Eric, is uh, is a current serial that is on Disney plus. Um, and it's the latest installment in the Marvel cinematic universe. Oh, it's um, so good. So the Marvel cinematic universe, of course, started roughly 20 years ago with the first Iron Man movie. Then it goes through all the Thor movies and all the more recent Spider-Man movies. Uh, it climaxed um, and it pivoted uh, with, uh, with the infinity war and Endgame uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and then Disney Plus put out a series called WandaVision uh, that was all around uh, the Scarlet Witch Wanda um, and, and her relationship with uh, Vision, um, another one of the Avengers, um, that was a very innovative television show um, and, and very interesting. And then this now, every Friday, every Friday they're releasing a new episode um, of a different series called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which focuses on the relationship between uh, Falcon, um, who uh, is one of the Avengers, uh, and the Winter Soldier. Um, and, and the two of them were best friends of Captain America. And it's sort of like talking about the, the next chapter in their lives post-Captain America. Um, so it's, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. It's a little bit more traditionally Marvel. It's a little bit less edgy um, and creative than WandaVision was, I think. Um, but for those of us who are fans of Marvel, it's a lot of fun. So two yeah. one comment, one question. But the comment is now I remember seeing those advertisements 
when we were watching the Mandalorian. Right. And Grace and I went through all of the Mandalorian after you guys had already watched it because mm-hmm. that's kind of how we roll. So <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And then the question is, is the it, one with WandaVision and two with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, are those, what are they, TVMA? What, what are they? Yeah, probably. Um, I, I, I don't know their exact rating, but yeah, they're, they're, they're whatever the same rating is, is all the Marvel movies because they're kind of on par with all of that. You know, every, there, there's there's over the course of an hour long episode, there might be three, four letter words um, and there's people getting blown up and you know, beaten apart and that sort of thing. But it's not like overly gory and there's not like torture scenes or anything else like that. So, um, so, so you're so not watching it with the fellows. So I'm not watching it with the fellows because this is like something that my wife and I share. <laughs> gotcha. um, um, but, it, but, it, but, but, you know, you mentioned the Mandalorian. It's a similar I mean, the business plan, the Disney Plus business plan in 2021, um, you see it in both The Mandalorian and in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, people aren't going to movie theaters to watch movies. And so they're finding that people uh, tend to, to subscribe to Disney Plus in order to watch these serial series. Um, and and I, you know, I, I've watched all The Mandalorian and thought it was great. Um, because I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um, watched WandaVision, thought it was great. Um, watched Falcon the Winter Soldier. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking for the next episode coming out on Friday. But um, but yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, Michelle, I mean, it's worth mentioning, speaking of the Mandalorian and Star Wars, on Sunday, you're doing the Star Wars half marathon. Yeah, I'm pacing my brother-in-law in his uh, second half marathon of this pandemic era. Ooh, so yeah. I'm sure that uh, he would rather be doing these in person and he would if it was an option. And I uh, might have gone with him for Star Wars. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about the previous one that we did, but this one uh, I'm excited about. So I did make a little bit of uh, an adjustment to the race course, as in I made a decree that running two loops around Hilly Dunwoody um, was much harder than just going to Columns Drive <laughs> and gotcha. going out and back. And uh, he doesn't want to go out and back, but what is the difference between out and back two and a half times and two of the same loops in Dumbledy? Um, So we're going to try it this way uh, and we'll see how it goes. So. Very good. And so, so, so to be clear then the star Wars half marathon, is, it's a virtual event this year. It is um, a virtual event. Right. Yes. Very good. So. Very good. Have you gotten your medal yet? That's one of the best things about the star Wars half marathon. Well, I'm not technically registered for any of these Disney oh, right. races. I'm just acting as like, pacer right right <laughs> so if there was uh our our plan actually was for him to run his first full marathon and to do the disney marathon january uh 2021 so i was 100 percent in with that would have paid the registration and accommodations and you know had that whole experience with him and helped him to run a full marathon but hopefully it'll happen next year so and they'll be ready. Very good. I would like to point out to to all of our friends and listeners who who are with us right now that are fans of Star Wars, that that, uh, one of the better training plans that that I've put together over the course of the past week uh, was all of the things that I put in Michelle's training peaks this week that she is required to do in preparation to do the Star Wars (laughs) virtual half marathon such as watching lightsaber battles and listening to soundtracks like, and, and that sort of thing. 22 minutes of lightsaber battles on YouTube today. <laughs> and I'm wondering, I feel like I got four minutes in and I, this is 
this is, you know, obviously the like epitome of every movie or whatever. <laughs> so I'm going to have to just watch it seven times or, and I'm thinking like, why is he doing this to me? Like, this is just as bad as a bad workout. Like, but I haven't watched today's yet. I'll watch it after we. I did. I, I did say you, if, if you wanted me instead to send you my favorite lightsaber battle of all time, I would be happy to do that. But, but I'm you good take with the lightsaber battles. So, so you, you're, you're good on lightsaber Feeling battles. Feeling really there. fulfilled with the lightsaber all right. stuff. So. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Eric, what you up to, man? Besides, of course, running 50 miles and such, which we're going to get to later on. So first, I'll just go ahead and make the plug for the book. Um, <laughs> Alexi Pappas, Bravey. Um, um, I got entranced. my. It's. Yep, saw that. I'm glad you guys both got them. Uh, when you get to that quote I sent you, tell me about it. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, I this yeah, I told you about the three bins of books. Mm -hmm. If I had more time, I would be done with the book now. Wow. Because as soon as if I'm like looking forward to like finishing the day and getting up there and reading it, awesome. I, I don't read unless it's like before I'm going to sleep. And this is one of those things. I just I read until I can't physically stay awake and read anymore very cool so, yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it i wasn't sure that it was going to be like that but it's definitely not a bin book it's not going to sit on the on the bookshelf long or in my phone because I, I got an electronic version but yeah it's a good book so that's number one uh number two um did a three mile run uh last night with grace about did me in uh <laughs> grace who also did the 50 more, miler we should point out so so did it do yeah. her in as well no <laughs> no, no, not at all. We, it was funny. We, we did uh, 1045 uh, was our first mile and like 10 minutes was our second mile and 945 was our third mile. And I, I was, I was done like 30 minutes after the run. I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't felt like this in a while. And literally like at, at two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> what, what is going on? <laughs> And Grace just peeked her head over the computer to say, that's because I'm old. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's great. So, we, we, yeah. we were aware of that, but we appreciate Grace pointing it out nonetheless. So yeah, it's like all, all the fatigue basically caught up with you all at once. Because like, like, like Michelle said before we came on the air, Michelle said, did you take any days off? And you were like, I took Sunday off. So. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. There's such things. So. <laughs> Sounds like it caught up with you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it did. So we'll talk more about that later. Very good. Very good. Um, I want to give a quick shout out. So at the very end of our podcast last week, well, I only give two shout outs. Um, uh, I, at the very end of our podcast last week, I gave a shout out. And, and in listening to the podcast, I realized that there was another one that I wanted to give that I did not. Um, and that is to Axel Euler. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Axel Euler. Axel Euler, as you might guess by the last name, is the newborn son of Chrissy Blaisdell Euler. Um, Chrissy Blaisdell Euler came on the podcast last year uh, and talked to us about indoor cycling options. Um, and then in our year-end wrap-up, she uh, she uh, wrote to us and, and told us some of her highlights of the year and that sort of thing and stuff that she was looking forward to in 2021. And one of the things she said she was looking forward to in 2021 was giving birth and then uh, becoming a mom and then trying to, to get back into endurance sports postpartum um, and, and to see how that worked and, and all that sort of thing. And so we talked at the time about actually bringing her back on in a few months from now um, 
once uh, once she actually begins that process to, to talk to her about what that's like. Um, and so, so we look forward to that. But big shout out to a cute and very hairy little man uh, named Axel Euler. So uh, welcome to the world, dude. Um, and then the other shout out we want to give to our friend Patrick Ollinger. Um, Patrick came on the Zoom with us right before we started recording, and he, he didn't have time, of course, to, to come on to the uh, to the podcast. But um, Patrick, the last time we talked to him, remember, he was injured, and then he just recently started running again, and then he's kind of injured again. And so um, because of, of, of a lot of the shutdowns and, and um, way that, that most people with, with injuries such as his have not been getting medical treatment over the course of the past year, um, He's been a little bit in a, in a uh, frozen state here, but uh, his hamstring started feeling a lot better. And then he started running a little bit and then he was doing yard work and he stepped off a ladder and now it's worse. Um, and so I think he is going to get a little bit of help from friend of the podcast, Kate Edwards, um, uh, who is the, uh, the physical therapist that we talked to about a couple of her books last year. So um, anyway, best wishes to, of course, our friend Patrick Ollinger. And once he is on the mend and back running again and all that sort of thing, we'll look forward to having him together. Um, one other kind of quick thing. I'm glad that Eric mentioned the book, um, Bravey, and, and I got it in the mail a couple of days ago, and I'm, I'm looking forward to starting to read it here over the course of the next short while. Um, and I'm, I'm particularly excited, Eric, um, that you're enjoying it so much. Um, and, and your enthusiastic endorsement of it makes me very excited about it. Um, but I also want to mention that next week, um, we're going to be talking to Rich Kana, the executive director of the Atlanta Track Club, um, which I'm really psyched about. Um, we talked about the Peachtree Road Race and we talked about how they're doing it in a different way. And we bragged on the, the, the Atlanta Track Club a lot over the course of the last short while here on the podcast um, about all the things they've done to try and get back to racing, but to do it in a, in a safe way. Um, and we're going to talk to him about all that stuff next week. Um, and so um, we're going to get together with him on Zoom and talk about the Peachy Road Race, talk about what the rest of the year looks like for the Atlanta Track Club. Um, Rich himself is an Olympian, and so he definitely has some, some, some interesting things to share just about his life, too. And he's a fellow twin dad, which I appreciate as well. Um, and so I, uh, I, I look forward to having him. And by all means, if you have questions or particular things that you want us to talk to Rich about, drop us a line. Write to us on Facebook and tell us what you think. Michelle, I know you're excited about seeing Rich, right? I actually just am so excited that it only took me asking you to ask either him <laughs> or Jay to come on the podcast at least a dozen times the last year for you to finally do it. So, I mean, I when I run at Columns, I they must have a standing Sunday morning run because I can see them coming from a mile down the road. And I'm always go back to you and be like, hey, saw them running again. Are you going to ask them if they can come on the podcast? So, yeah, I'm really excited. I um, think Atlanta Track Club, you know, pivoted really quickly last year and mm -hmm. um, of anybody that needed to make that pivot after the marathon trials uh, and, you know, the cost that they incurred for that. And I'd just be so interested to hear uh, about kind of what their plans are, uh, the way Peachtree is being run over two days this year and the precautions that they're taking, what the rest of the year looks like for them. And then maybe, you know, hopefully we'll talk about are any of the changes that they've made the last year or two something that's going to stay. And then of course, just, you know, excited to hear from him about Atlanta track club elites build into the Olympic trials. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jay Holder announced today that he's actually going to be gone for two months as part of uh, the media team for Tokyo. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm really excited to have him on. So thank you for Very cool. 
Very cool. Yeah, Jay Holder is the uh, is the the uh, PR guy for the Atlanta Track Club, who uh, who Michelle mentioned there a few times. Um, he's not going to be joining us, but um, but but he's somebody that we we know and respect as well. Um, Jay Holder, in a nice segue, Michelle posted a picture of himself on Facebook. That's great today. Um, and that picture was him and Des Linden. And the caption of the picture was, between the two of us, we have a Boston Marathon Championship and a 50K World Best. <laughs> yeah, he's he is fun to follow. Um, I mostly follow him on Twitter, actually. And that sounds like Jay, or at so, least what I know of his social media presence. So Where Michelle, tell oh, yeah, us that's what great. he was talking about. What was he talking about, this 50K World Best thing? Look at you and your segues. <laughs> so... Uh, we've spoken about it the last two weeks. Um, Des Linden was going to run the Two Oceans Marathon this year. That was her big goal after um, coming in fourth at the Olympic trials last year, but it was canceled. And she came out a few weeks ago and told us, surprise, she is going to try and run a world best for the 50 kilometer distance on the road. Um, it was previously set by Allie Dixon, uh, who's from Great Britain. She had run a 307. And Des knew that she had to run under six minute pace for 50 kilometers, which um, over 30 miles. And we found out in between the podcast that we recorded last Wednesday and this Wednesday, we knew last week that it was going to happen this week. And I think we found out what on Sunday that it was going to happen yesterday, maybe Monday morning they announced. I, I was going to say Sunday at the earliest we found out it was. Yeah, maybe it was Monday. Yeah. Um, so I saw a lot of chatter. I was trying to find anybody I could who, I mean, people were trying to analyze the parking lot lines of the picture that they took because they tagged it as Eugene, Oregon. So everybody's trying to figure out, well, where is this happening? And then they revealed a little bit more information. They had David Katz out there who we've spoken about before. I mean, he's just world-class in terms of measuring and certifying courses. He did the marathon project um, that we spoke about the race in December that was out in Arizona. So yeah, we saw Des run 50K yesterday. It was amazing. Um, it was basically a formal event that was titled the Brooks Running 50K Marathon. It was organized and put on by uh, her agent, Josh Cox, and of course, Brooks Running. And it was amazing. <laughs> she and, looks like and, she he, was and they worked with they worked with Ian Dobson too. Yeah. Ian Dobson, the former Stanford runner who was teammates with Ryan Hall and Sarah Hall, um, who is the race director for the Eugene Marathon, um, who put on that event for Galen Rupp and put on that sort of one-off event for Sarah Hall last year as well. So he has some experience in kind of pulling together these little one-off events. Yeah, and I don't think this was run um, where either Sarah or Galen had run their half marathons, but uh, they had basically picked a deserted bike bike path outside of Eugene, Oregon. She went out there with, uh, she was paced by Charlie Lawrence, who's a Hanson Brooks runner. He ran at the Olympic trials, 216 marathoner, and he took her all the way to the finish. Ryan, her husband, Ryan Linden, also paced and kind of held on for as long as he could and finished about 22 minutes after them. I mean, we saw little videos. There was no cell coverage out there. There was no live coverage, even though, as mentioned last week, I thought that Billy Yang, um, who's a pretty prolific producer in a lot of endurance sports stuff that a lot of us follow. Mm -hmm. uh, we thought he might be there. It turned out he was there. So there was a little bit of footage released, so kind of a one minute teaser. And from what I've seen uh, in the data that we've seen from her Coros watch, 
she just kind of looks like she went for a jog for 30 miles. <laughs> she took she took manual laps on her watch. A jog at 5.50 per mile. <laughs> 5.47 per mile. Yeah. There you go. So um, what'd you think, George? I mean, it wasn't much to follow. It wasn't yeah. as exciting kind of in the... It was more like everybody was just waiting for updates for three hours. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like when Jim Walmsley did the the fifty miler a few right. uh, a few uh, weeks ago, yeah. because because in that one we had the video and we could follow along and you could like see him approaching the finish line. You had the clock down the bottom and all that sort of thing. I mean, literally, this one was just like waiting for Josh Cox to send out a tweet, yeah, um, and, and 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 that's fine, and and we totally did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it was like this is what you did, and so so we would get this halfway split okay she just went through 13.1 and 115.47 um she just went to the marathon distance in 231.13 for a second 13.1 of 115.26 and so it was cool to see that and it was cool to get that but 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 yeah um it, it was very much just kind of uh uh you know, just sort of reporting on it and seeing it happen. Super stoked about it. And and I think it's really cool that, that Billy Yang was filming it because he ended up posting that like one minute video on, on uh, Twitter. Um, and so we got a sense of sort of what it looked like, but I think we'll eventually get like that visual that yeah, we're we normally actually, get like live these days. Sure. <laughs> and we're also going to get, um, he revealed that he, when she was training in Arizona, I mean, we're going to get a whole, I think, you know, a whole buildup um, and, and the race itself. So it'll be exciting to see, I don't know if it's a day in the life and when she was training in Arizona, but I mean, she kind of came out and told us a few weeks ago that she was super fit. Um, she had a crazy 26 mile tempo run fart. She called it a fartlek, 26 mile fartlek, mm -hmm. um, which looked insanely fast uh, for the fartlek portion. So it was pretty cool to see her come out there and execute, um, she executed the way I think we would all expect her to. I mean, her right. splits were just perfect. <laughs> like every single, you know, just constantly just clicking off those same miles. So right. she had said uh, she was going to go out around 550. Um, not that she wanted to bank time. She only needed six minute pace. But uh, she said in an article, uh, as we got there, I was like, I feel pretty good. Let's err on the other side of 545 per mile pace. Mm -hmm. We probably banked a little bit too much time. It got hard the last five miles, but I knew we had that time. So, yeah, um, yeah that's pretty good pacing for a 50K. Yeah. I think she's also the first woman to ever break the three-hour mark in a 50K. So that's a world best. Um, came in right under three hours. And she's going to pivot back to a major marathon in the fall. She said she'll take a little bit of downtime. Now she'll be ready to go. If she gets called up, she is the Olympic marathon alternate for Tokyo this summer. Um, but that otherwise her plan is one of the marathon majors this fall. And she's super excited to get back into that, but she did not announce which one. So, and remember all six are happening basically at the same time. Um, so anybody's guess is as good as ours. I mean, what, what do you think, Michelle? Do you think that she's going to she's gonna pivot towards ultras or do you think she's going to keep on trying to run her best at, at the marathon distance or you think she's going to do some mix of both? I, I, I feel like, you know, looking at what she had to say afterwards, just, just all the stuff she said afterwards, I mean, on the one hand, you get the sense that maybe she really wants to pivot towards ultras and she's always liked ultras, right? And her agent, Josh Cox, holds the 50K record for... For, or for the U.S. Uh, and for men 
And so, so she has that influence too. So I kind of feel like she, she wants to do ultras. I don't think she'll actually but, make yeah. the pivot and sign on to being a quote unquote ultra runner until she is running the world marathon majors or the world level at a marathon and not, you know, being the top American in New York or yeah. top five or 10 in these races. I think she still feels like she has something to prove. She does have that uh, Boston Marathon win from 2018. But I was thinking last night as I read this, you know, would she go to Berlin or London and just try to run a PR? I mean, would she want to see if all this base has given her speed um, into her late 30s? Or does she want to run Boston again? Because she loves Boston. But then there's also New York. I, I don't know. I don't know how any of the elites are going to pick <laughs> which race to choose in the fall, but I don't think we're going to see her. I think we're still going to see her run one of the six world marathon majors for as long as she can contend for a top five, top 10 spot. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we'll ever really see her retire. I think we're going to see her move to ultras. And I think eventually we'll see her get on trail also. Yeah. So I think she have a lot of running left and, I don't know if we spoke about this, but Brooks running just signed Cat Bradley uh, to their ultra trail team. So, you know, it might be, Friend of the they podcast, seem to be Kat putting, Bradley. yeah, <laughs> former guest of the podcast. Right. Uh, Brooks seems to be putting good money into, into their trail ultra athletes also. So it seems like she's, you know, got pretty good places to go if she wants to leave. I don't know even what you call marathoning or she, she said she said at the end she said there was good energy out there today so that helped a ton but i'm so ready to get back into big races yeah um, i believe that <laughs> how how old is she she's 37 she's yeah um and so i i it's funny because i think i think on the one hand that that like I, I, I think if she's the better she is at a marathon, the better she's going to be in an ultra marathon. So I don't think that, that like, if she's not able to run, like, what am I trying to say here? I, presuming that she, she slows down as she gets a little bit older, which as a 46 year old guy, I feel like I've, I've experienced some of that over the course of the past short while. Um, and if, if she gets slower at the marathon, she's also going to get slower at the ultra marathon. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I wonder whether there's any part of her that says, well, I could, if, if I pivoted now to ultra marathons, I could still run fast while I'm still really fast. Does that make sense? No, um, because I think she has the talent of just grinding it out and maintaining that same pace. And I think she, I mean, I think she can be, at the top of the competitive scene in road ultras, even if she's not at the top of the competitive scene in just marathoning. I don't know. I kind of okay. disagree. Okay. I mean, I know she'll lose a little bit of speed, but you can sacrifice speed once you get 30, 50, hundred miles. For sure. For sure. But, but it stands to reason though, that, that as you're slowing down, as you're slowing down, generally, you'd be slowing down across distances. And so, so maybe that slowdown wouldn't be as dramatic and maybe it, maybe it wouldn't be as costly at the ultra distances as it would be at the marathon distance and certainly at the five and 10K distances, right? And, and I think that's the reason why people tend to move up as they get older. But I think sure. about like what Peter Ray said on our podcast more than a year ago. Um, and that he said that Bill Rogers used to always say to him, 
is that people should run the marathon when they're 22, 23, when they're still super fit and super strong and super fast. And I wonder if the same thing applies to, to marathoners moving to ultra marathoners. Should she go ahead and move to the ultra marathon while she's still capable of running under a 225 marathon? Or, yeah, or, or, or she should she continue to wait? I, yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm totally thinking out loud. I think she wants to do two oceans. I think she wants to do comrades. I mean, are those exactly 26.2 miles? No. No, two oceans so, is 53 kilometers. Yeah, right. So she's going to move. And then comrades is 54 miles. Right. So she's going to move in that direction. Um, mm -hmm. It's just probably a matter of what gets her excited. I mean, she can really do anything she wants. She seems to be doing, you know, kind of what speaks to her heart at the time. She did that. Destober, where she ran the mm -hmm. same mileage of whatever the numerical day of the month is. Right, and right. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch her pivot, but I think she's still got years left, some form of a career. So is there, is there a cool play on words that that's like Eric something like Eric Simber or Eric Gust or something <laughs> that, that we could use to encourage Eric to actually take on that same challenge? Eric May you don't have to come be up able with to run on. more than three miles in May. <laughs> er Eric Airy, like for January. Um. I think we've proven that you don't have to come up with something like that in order to get me to do it. <laughs> so I, so if, if you did, I would totally be living vicariously through you because that definitely falls into the, the category of things that I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by that I am supremely confident that, that my body would not hold up for. Um. <laughs> But I, as soon as I saw that and we, we talked about it, I thought that is in the bucket list that is going to right. happen. And, and then I started thinking about how could I make it better? And I don't think I could survive anything bigger than that. So I think I need to, you know, yeah, no keep kidding. it at, yeah. and I need to pick like February on a non. No, dude, we, we, we joked about that at the time that, that like, there's a profound difference between February and October, um, oh, yes, you know, 28 is. days versus 31, particularly when those three days you run more than 90 miles or you run 90 miles. It's crazy. <laughs> I'll do it in February. Right. <laughs> Sign well, me up. Be careful what you say, Michelle. I mean, I, you say I you'll am, do it in sorry. February. I'll actually start putting it on your calendar here. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll actually start building toward it. <laughs> I think that's a whole other topic, February 2022. So I think it is. I, I will be getting ready for the Tokyo Marathon in February 2022. So because that's going to be on March 6th of 2022 uh, after it was supposed to be on March 1st of 2020. Um, but We'll see what the world holds in the future here. Um, yeah, Des Linden's a fascinating person. And I was having a conversation with, um, and, and I think one of the reasons why, why I think it's interesting to talk about where she's going to go and what she's going to do now is I think it's a proxy for talking about just kind of everybody. Um, I was having a conversation with um, Morgan Van Gorder, friend of the podcast, um, uh, uh, about a week and a half ago. And we were talking about sort of her direction and running right now and what she wants to do and where she wants to go and, and kind of where she is in her life and stuff like that. And I remember saying to her, I said that it's, it's okay that your life might've been totally changed and your path might've been totally changed and your interests might've been totally changed by the last year. Like the last year, the, the pandemic running, um, 
I mean, it disrupted everything in the world. And so it, I think it's okay to acknowledge that, that when stuff stopped and you had to find these different challenges, that might've permanently changed you and put you on a completely different path forever. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and it's okay if you're not like, I'm just going to go back to the way it was. And I just want to go back to, to racing in the races. Like I raced pre pandemic. It's okay to say we had this year. I tried some new things. I have some new interests. I'm now on a different path. It's not a path I ever thought I was going to be on, but, but I also never thought that I would be locked down as a result of a global pandemic. You see what I'm saying? And I just, I, I wonder if that's somehow playing into where, 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 uh, Desiree Linden is. I wonder if she's thinking that, wow, this past year is not what I thought it was going to be. And it's, it's sort of made me turn in a totally different direction. So, um, or, or is she going to try and turn back? Cause there's people that are just straight up turning back and just trying to go back to normal. And that's totally cool too. I think but, you're overthinking her. She said yeah, for a maybe, long time maybe. that she was going to transition to ultras towards mm -hmm. the end of her uh, road mm -hmm. marathoning career. So mm -hmm. I think we're just kind of seeing that shift dip in and out. I mm -hmm. think because she took fourth place at the Olympic trials mm -hmm. and then she was going to rebound and run Boston. And because Boston was, yeah. you know, taken off and then two oceans was taken off. I mean, I think we're seeing her just kind of dip her toes into exactly what she said she was going to do sure. as her yeah. road marathon and career near the end. Right. Um, and maybe the pandemic sped it up by a year or two, but you could also argue that taking fourth place at the Olympic trials, you know, completely changed her frame of what she wanted to do this next year. Um, and that happened before we knew the world was going to shut down. So yeah. I don't know. Wow. I mean, we're really overanalyzing this. <laughs> I think that's a super interesting point. And, but, and I, and I do think that generally speaking, not, not just in running, but sort of generally speaking in, in media, um, that, that the pandemic accelerated a lot of things that were starting to happen anyway, you know, like, like, um, the, movie theaters on decline and and having things like hbo max releasing to to on-demand video in a movie theaters at the same time that was probably ultimately going to happen anyway it just ends up happening you know in a more accelerated fashion yeah. right um and so so yeah i don't know that that was a really weird tangent i just went on but but it <laughs> but it but it does make me think okay um just kind I mean, of where where is she and, you, and you're right i may well be overthinking her and and may well be thinking you know, where she is and all that sort of thing and 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 frankly i may be being super self-centered here because i'm all because because i think that i personally have have changed and, and may well be ultimately on a different path than i was prior to the pandemic i noticed um, um uh, <laughs> But I think that the bigger question here is the question maybe everybody's facing after this past year is, are we returning to normal or are we all moving towards what will become a new normal? Mm -hmm. Like, I think the unknown of what post pandemic life looks like for everyone is, is really top on, on most people's minds right now. Yeah. Um, so just maybe, you know, on a bigger level, um, she's kind of going through what we're all going through. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah, her life plays out on Twitter and Instagram, and <laughs> ours and, don't. And and and, on, and and she gets talked about for several minutes on end on, on podcasts about one yes. people who have never even met her. Actually, I say never even met her. Have either one of y'all met her? I haven't met her. Oh, I've I have so speak. many. I have a bunch of pictures with her. Okay, there you go. Very good. I've, I I heard her. I heard I've her. I've never speak. met her. So she she spoke at the Philadelphia Marathon when I did it in 2018. Um, and, uh, she and Mev Kofleski were both there and they both spoke. And so I heard her speak then and it was great. Um, and, and I appreciate some of the stuff she, she had to say both practically and philosophically. Um, 
I will say that at the Power Bar Expo at the 2013 Boston Marathon, she sat there by herself. That's the first time I ever walked up to her, took a picture with her. Um, nobody really cared about her or knew who she was. When I was at the Brooks after party after the marathon trials in LA in 2016, they had rented out this facility and there were like Hollywood stars on the floor. Obviously it was in Los Angeles. So that was pretty real for the location. <laughs> and man, she had 500 people lined up just to like take a picture with her, really? take a selfie or something. So um, yeah, I've seen her a few times, but mm. she's tiny in person. She is tiny. Very she's young. super like just, hey. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, bourbon is whiskey, Larry. Um, uh. <laughs> so, all right. Eric, we haven't been letting you talk at all, man. You're, you're actually the, the ultra veteran in the group. And, and we've been talking about pivots to ultra and all sorts of other things here and, and just keeping you completely silenced, man. What do you think? I, I think it's just a phenomenal story during this time. I, I think we expected the record to fall, but nobody wanted to say it. But to fall by seven minutes mm-hmm. plus, yeah. I think is phenomenal. Um, I don't know Des. I haven't followed, you know, her half as close as Michelle and you, but I don't think it could have happened to a better person at a better time. I think it's great for running. I think it's great for ultra. I think it's great for her. I think it's awesome. I think it's really awesome. And as far as your comments about, you know, like what does the new norm look like for everybody? Yeah. I think everyone's in that kind of transition. Like today I got my first shot. So I started thinking, what does that mean? Right. And then Mm -hmm. uh, my company sent on an email and said, Hey, we're, we're going to talk to you Thursday about what the return to, you know, full staff in the office plan looks like. And they gave a couple of details, but so that's coming around again. So, you know, there's no more, I would say there's no more of this kind of free form work from home midway through the summer. That's going to go away. But then, for me, it gets me back into this regimented mode, which, you know, I'm, I'm a little more, I'm a little better with a regimented mode. Like I got to get up at the same time. I got to get to work, you know, throw my shoes and shirt and shorts in the bag. And I run over lunch, that sort of thing. So um, I know it's not going to be the same when I go back. I think I'm going to carry some of this stuff forward. So I think that's cool. But I, I also like, I wasn't even thinking about it from the perspective of these, these runners, like this is their job. Mm-hmm. like that's that's really different that's going to be really cool you watched the race that she just ran it was like six people seven people mm-hmm. or was that i i, I must yeah ask, there were that just supporting her well no i mean we had i think we had seven starters for the 50k and we had maybe six starters for the marathon mm-hmm. um of the okay. eight start sorry eight starters for the 50k um, three didn't finish and was it Nicholas Thompson, George, that ran yeah. an age group U S record. Yeah. There, there's, there's a new, uh, U S age group record for our age group, uh, Eric in the, in the 50 K. So it's actually oh, the wow. guy that's the CEO of the Atlantic, um, the, the magazine, uh, he ran three Oh four 36. So can you do that, Eric. Can you, can you t- get that record from him? It's a solid time. That's six minute pace. Yeah, that's a solid yeah, so time. I, no, it's I just it's just it's just weekend. under six minute pace. So. Um, and then just to quickly answer your question, there were five people that started the marathon. The marathon 
Uh, Adriana Nelson came back. Um, she's a runner for Brooks. I think she, did she run for Romania. And anyway, sorry, I'm not exactly sure of the country. She was trying to run the Olympic qualifying time. Um, and the other guys that hung on, they were all there to pace her. They all finished really almost at the same time. Um, she didn't run it. She ran a 235, but yeah, so it was just a small group of people that started together running two different distances. Right on. Okay. So speaking of small numbers of starters and not everybody finishing. Um, Eric, this is a nice segue. I feel like into talking about your race, man. <laughs> right. And so, so how many starters, how many finishers tell us exactly the number of people you triumphed over in order to take the crown at the Southern tour Ultra this past weekend. Um, so, yeah, so this goes back to why when you, you said the term champion and I was, you know, I was like, that's, that's a, little, a little tough to consider yourself a champion. But so, you know, um, COVID season, uh, this, this race is typically run. This is the Southern Tour Ultra, um, typically run uh, February. Uh, so moving the race to April was a big deal. Um uh, Melissa actually met a lady at work that said, Oh, I, I was going to run the race this weekend, but I've got a hundred miler this weekend. Like the, the mm -hmm. 50 miler was a prep for her. So there were some people that dropped out for that, mm -hmm. but there were only 25 people signed up for the 50 miler. Uh, 19 showed up at the start line mm -hmm. and 12 finished the race. And that's, well, dude, that's like, male, that's like male four times the number of Des London's race. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, I didn't you, you tried over of... far more people than she did. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to feel better about that champion uh, <laughs> moniker. Uh, but so, so, so let's back, let's back up and actually take us through it because there were some things. I mean, I know that, that, that you talked about the weather and then, and then the weather ended up not necessarily being what it, what, what we thought it was going to be. Um, but then there was, there was a, a change to the course even before the start as well too. Right. So, so why don't, why don't we actually back up a little bit and, and, and take us through the, the day or two leading up to the race, basically where you left off last week. Sure. I, I want to take one step back further because I okay, think cool. it's part of the story is the only reason I'm even running this, that I ran this race. The only reason I showed up was because of my daughter, because Grace is making this transition. She's made this transition to ultra running. And this is a race that we did last year. Mm -hmm. So the two of us wanted to do 50 miles in, in preparation for getting to a hundred miles. And the deal I've made with Grace is when we run a new distance, run a new course, you know, race, I'm going to run it with you. So the mm -hmm. first time we go out there, I'm just going to run it with you. I'm going to be your Sherpa. Mm -hmm. And then the next time you're on your own. So we ran this last year and that leads into your course question. It, it's typically a 10 mile loop run five times. Mm -hmm. that, that is the course. And this is in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, out by the coast, not a whole lot of elevation change, but it's a pretty challenging course. Uh, there, there's a lot out there mm -hmm. due to the weather leading up to the race though, the, and there were some fallen trees, like ones that could not be taken care of before the race, so to say that you could not get through where they could not cut a course around and other things. Uh, the race director decided to shift to using the 50 K course. So the 50 K course is a five plus mile loop, uh, to that, that the 50 K runners run six times and get 31 miles. And so he put the 50 milers on the same course. Okay. Um, so that, and, and, 
that'll actually play into sort of my race plan and how it, how it played out later. But, but the funny thing was Tom, uh, Tom is the race director. His name's uh, Tom Clifford. And I'm just going to drop something here. Tom Clifford's with without limits and they know how to run a race for ultra runners, big party Friday night. We went to a hotel, but they have a big party in the field. People camp out. There's a 50 mile or a 50 K a 50 mile relay. Uh, he just does a great job. It's real fun, low key, and it just really has that ultra feel to it. Um, and then Wilmington Health Foundation, they supported the race. Most people were awesome. So just just if you, if you want to do a really cool ultra, look for Tom and Without Limits. And I, I have to assume the rest of the ultras are great, too. I want to do his last man standing race uh, maybe next year or the year oh, after. Snap. I hear that's pretty good. Oh, snap is right. So, you know, so let's let's get back to this yeah, a couple of days before the race, you know, so I, I am definitely in prior to the race. I was in some of the best shape I've been in, in a long time. Lots of, lots of miles, lots of biking. The biking's really helped me. I, I've been out of injury since, uh, I guess it was early January. So I felt like I was really ready for this and Good. I call it Garmin supported because Garmin was telling me I was ready for this. You know, <laughs> it, my max VO2 was, was on the climb. Um, and, and I felt it. So there was, there I'm was laughing so at Michelle's some, face. Michelle does oh, not yeah, appreciate the idea that your Garmin was giving you support. I mean, the best texts that we well, get from Eric are like, should I do what my Garmin says for my workout? Or do you guys think I should just go do a mile repeat? And it's like, <laughs> Your Garmin is your coach? Like, what is this? <laughs> well, yeah. well, the, the so funny thing about those texts to me team. is that the outcome is always he goes off and does what, he, what does he what, what he wants Whatever to do. Whatever he wants to do anyway. <laughs> Why are you even asking? <laughs> well, so, and we can talk about that in a future podcast, but that is a big part of my training because they call it the Garmin suggested workout. It's not a requirement. And I think that's actually a pretty good deal. I think it's a pretty good deal. So anyway, leading up to the race though, we thought it was going to be a rain race. I packed my Solomons. I packed a couple of pairs of shoes because I was, I was afraid this was going to be a really rough, muddy course. Um, and you know, we get there race day and it wasn't like that at all. Hmm. Um, it, the course was fairly dry. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the course in just a minute, but, um, the course was fairly dry and I wore the same pair of shoes short sock shirt. Well, I took my shirt off eventually, but during the whole race, I didn't, I didn't have to stop and change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that worked out really well. Mm-hmm. So like planning for the race, um, uh, things kind of like changed the day of, I would say, you know, it, it really, really mellowed out for us. Um, so one thing though, I, I did want to mention like, cause I'm the tech guy, like there's not a whole lot of tech to running, but the stuff worked this race. Um, my watch had no issues. Uh, I, we talked about running with the headphones. I did run with my headphones. I didn't have them. I uh, had my, uh, um, aftershocks on. I didn't keep them on the whole time. I was actually worried about it killing the battery on my watch in the mid mid race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did use it when things were either really quiet because with only a few runners on a five mile course, it gets mm-hmm. quiet sometimes. Yeah. So I, I did use it and I did use it when I started really feeling, uh, feeling the pace that I was pushing. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that worked out really well. And my heart rate strap connected, I, I use a Garmin, uh, HRM pro and it was, it was rock solid the whole time. So that stuff worked out really well. So I, I figured it was important to mention that. And then we'll come back to this in a minute. I wore my ultra lone peaks. 
uh, Lone Peak 4.5, and God, they were they were awesome from start so, to finish. But start to finish, start mm-hmm. to finish the whole race. And I, I've never actually run an ultra in one pair of shoes the whole race. I don't think so. This was this was new to me. Uh, but sort of like last week when I told you guys I was going to do the 20 mile and the 40 mile um, updates of the race. Mm-hmm. Um, there was more than one reason why I didn't change my shoes and there, and it links into why I didn't give those updates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so just, you know, the course, I, I mentioned that 10 laps, five mile loop. Um, there was a 20 foot log crossing. That's about six, eight feet up off, the, off of a Creek. It's kind of fun to go across that thing. It's a big log, but you gotta be careful going across it. There was uh, out and back into the sound. So you run out on oyster shells the water you go through a kind of a puddle and whatnot and puddle but the water can be up to your ankles or your knees depending on how tall you are and that is completely filled with sand too so when you come out of that you know you're shedding the water in the sand hopefully uh two creek crossings one of them i joked with george and our other runners about it had a it was almost like a video game creek crossing where if you went across it really quickly the pallets didn't sink into the water, but if you took your time or you went at a normal person pace, the pallets literally sunk down in the water and you kind of had to stop, catch your footing and the water's up over your ankles, chins, probably into your knees. And then uh, there was another creek crossing, a pretty good, pretty good um, uh, little bridge, but you had to be careful because your feet were muddy and wet because you had just gone through about an eighth of a mile section that was just <laughs> it was the the thickest nastiest black mud uh i've ever had to run through and there, there was no running through it at the end it was literally like it was shoe sucker you know taking your shoe off or whatever and there was no running through it at the end so interesting course probably why i didn't you know break the world record in the 50k um <laughs> while i was running because i wasn't on a nice flat greenway type course so, um, yeah, so that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. That's right. That's right. Take that Nicholas Johnson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nicholas Thompson, uh, I pardon last, me. Yeah. Nicholas Thompson. So, so last week I mentioned I was going to go out at eight forty-five pace mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what I did. Mm-hmm. I went out, I think my first mile was a little over that, but there might've been some GPS issues with that. But once I kind of settled in eight forty-five pace, um, I was up in the front. I didn't really know how close to the front I was because you don't know at first who's the 50 K runner and who's the 50 mile runner. And we all started at once. Mm-hmm. I realized very quickly after the first mile, um, because in the second miles, when that little out and back into the water is that there was only two guys in front of me and they were both 50 K runners. Um, but I also noticed on my way back out that the second place 50 miler was very close to me and he was looking really strong and uh, I'm going to throw out uh, this guy, Derek Cluley. Like he hunted me for a really long time. Uh, another 47 year old out there killing it. Um, and he, he was hunting me. And I, for, for four laps, I was really thinking this guy, it, he looks experienced. He looks like he's going to get me. And it was funny on the fourth or fifth lap, I caught Grace. And Grace said, don't worry, I'll just trip him the next time I see him. <laughs> but um very virtuous very virtuous daughter you have yeah very virtuous daughter um but at that point in the race um about the fourth or i think it was the fourth lap i i made a decision i said i said i am going to break this guy so i I don't want to see him anymore when i'm coming back off of the, the sound i didn't like that feeling 
and I wanted to see how hard I could push it. And so I made this decision to go ahead and just grind out a couple of laps. And then um, on the next lap, I noticed how much closer to the two top 50K runners I was. Hmm. And I made a second decision. I'm going to win the 50K. I said, and, and so I, I, and those two decisions were very impactful because I had to really grind through um, for the fourth, fifth and sixth laps to do that. Um, I did eventually catch the two guys running the 50 K that were in front of me. And I want to throw this out there too, Andres Fleury. As I'm passing this guy, we're talking and I've noticed he's wearing an Umstead 100 shirt. He ran the Umstead 100 on March 20th and he ran a 2053 guy. And then he comes out, he comes out last weekend and he runs the 50 miler. Um, he, he, he was in second 50 K sorry, 50 K. He was in second. When I passed him, he ended up coming in first in the 50 K. So he came in behind me. I wasn't really registered for the 50 K, but he came in first for the 50 K. So that was really cool. Um, but, um, like I said, you know, I made that decision to go after the 50 K and I got it and that endorphin, you know, adrenaline high carried me for about another lap or two. And then I knew I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at my Strava feed and you look at my mile pace, you can just see it take a nosedive. Um, I right there the around like my, right around like lap seven, lap eight, right around there. Lap, yeah. I think at the end of lap seven, lap eight, nine, and 10, it really started to, mm-hmm. I started to feel it. Right. And I think, um, I think, you know, I knew I had overcooked it and now, you know, what do I start worrying about? I start worrying about Derek catching me and I start worrying every time I come off the, the sound and that out and back that I'm going to see him. And I don't, in fact, I don't see Derek until my 10th lap. And the interesting thing was I caught him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Derek had a, he, he got some serious cramps. And he was in a uh, really bad shape, but true ultra form. The guy kept going. Mm-hmm. He just kept grinding it out and he finished and he finished, he ended up finishing third. Another guy, Brett Hayes, 53 year old out there passed him, but he did finish. But I'll tell you, he was doing like this modified hop walk thing. And I just, he epitomized ultra running at that point. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so once, now here's where something really transitioned in my brain for me. I realized that I have passed the entire 50 miler field. No one is catching me. And I think this mental switch went off in my head because I went back and I said to you guys a minute ago, it was a five plus mile course. I had already run 50 miles mm-hmm. and I had mm-hmm. three more miles to finish the race. That's <laughs> awful. So I came through the, that would, that would be, that would be a long three miles. Cause you know, nobody's catching you, you know, that you've already run 50 miles. And so you have a 50 mile PR now, or you have a 50 mile time. Cause nobody cares what your 53 mile time is. Yeah. Right. That, 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 would, be, that would be a drag. 50K. I had PR'd in the 50 K I had PR'd in the 50 miles already. I had lapped the entire field and I came through the final they had at the three mile point, they had a little, uh, drinking our hydration and fuel stand. And I, I got it water and I drank it and I stood there for a second. The lady looked at me and she's, she's like, are you going to start running again? Cause you usually don't stop. And I'm like, yeah, eventually. <laughs> and I took another water and I just started walking and I was like, I'm, I'm going to walk like, for I'm a little while here. <laughs> <laughs> and I start doing the math. How long will it take me to walk three miles? You know? 
um, I never really got to that point. I, 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 and because when I started to do that, Derek actually caught me again. And, and I was like, no, nah, I can't let this happen. You know, I can't, I, I know it's I, like, I, I have to finish. Like, I have to have that one. It's just sick. It's a that sick ultra runner kind of mentality. But, but it's also, it's also the, the sort of, it's that grasping at straws mentality that you get late in a, late in a long race. Like, you you try to use anything you can find to motivate you and so, so i agree yeah and, and you're like oh I no i can't let music. him unlap me or i, I can't I, you know and, and it's like well of course exactly. you can i mean what, what difference does it make that you lap the entire field well no i can't, I can't. well yeah i mean i think it's okay it makes no yeah. difference whatsoever yeah. no yeah. difference whatsoever but you're doing that whole thing of okay i'm gonna run for two minutes you know yeah. or i'm gonna I'm going to get to that tree or I'm going to run up this hill or I'm not going to run up this hill or, you know, and, and, but that was my motivation to keep moving because um, both Brett and Derek um, had caught me again. And I was like, no, nah, I gotta, I gotta keep pushing. I gotta get gotta through relapse it. Him. Um, <laughs> I have to relapse them, which is kind of sick. Um, but uh, so anyway, so, you know, I, I eventually come across the finish and I'm, I'm destroyed. I really was destroyed. And what's funny is I'm not, and, and now I can say this again, I'm not destroyed. Like I hurt. So I, I think I was really ready for this race. I'm not hurt. I think I wore the right shoes. I'm not in pain. I'm just drained. Right. I'm just flat out exhausted. And I, I still am. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to get on the bike and I'm trying to go for a run, but I'm just flat out exhausted. Well, dude, it was like um, three days ago. That's okay. <laughs> I know four days ago, but <laughs> but I, I wanted to, so I, I wanted to make a point about the shoes and I don't know if you wanted to ask any other questions, but I, I did want to make a point about the shoes. I had a few, I, I, I had a few, I had a few other guys. questions, but one, one of the questions is about the shoes because, because I know that sand ended up becoming an issue with the shoes and, and with Grace's shoes. So tell us this first. So, so we know that Grace and Melissa also both ran. Tell us about, tell us briefly about their races. Oh yeah. Shoot. That was number two on my list up here. So this was a, this was awesome because my wife and daughter came down, Melissa, my wife and my daughter, Grace came down and they both ran the 50 miler also. And, you know, to, uh, to win a race is great. You know, you feel good about it, but then for your daughter to come in and win for the females and come in, uh, fourth overall, yeah. um, that's pretty, that's a pretty good day. That's yeah. a, it's a really good day. Um, and, and just to be able to have that experience with them was awesome. Um, I would say Melissa had a third to half of the training that Grace and I had coming into this. Um, she's run one 12 hour race. Uh, she got through nine laps and didn't meet the cutoff to do her 10th lap. And she really didn't expect to, um, she wanted to do all 10 laps, but, uh, she started really having some, some, um, issues. Uh, she had, her knee got a little locked up. I think her IT band locked up on her knee and it really got uncomfortable. And I think she just kind of made it worse as she was going. So, but she, she, she stopped after eight, went up and told the race director, Hey, I'm tapping out. She came back and talked to me and then she walked off and she comes back a minute or two later. She's like, I just told him I'm going to run one more lap. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she took off and did nine laps. Cause she said, I'm getting 48 miles anyway, you know, right. <laughs> I'm going to run 47, 48 miles. I was like, that's awesome. So yeah, having the two of them out there on the course with me, though, was really cool. And especially, so after I finished, they had a little post-race interview, and that's, that's funny and whatnot. But um, 
I walked backwards on the course. I grabbed a couple waters, a Gatorade, and I started walking backwards on the course because Grace was finishing her ninth lap and Melissa was finishing her eighth lap. And I'm like, I want to go out there and give them something, you know, to, to, I'm going to see how far I got to go. And I'm walking backwards on the course and uh, all these people like are saying like, Hey man, like, are you okay? Cause they just see someone with their numbers going backwards. And I'm like, no, no, I'm done. And it's like, no, no, you can't quit. <laughs> no, no, I, I finished. Yeah. <laughs> I finished the race. And I, but then, you know, Melissa and Grace catch, you know, they come around and I'm like, Hey guys. And I'm like, Hey, you want something to drink? No, no, we're almost to this. Cause I hadn't gotten very far cause I wasn't moving very fast. So like, well, we're, we're just going to grab something when we get to the start finish. I'm like, Oh, well I'll, I'll jog or walk with you. And that wasn't happening. I couldn't keep right, up with her right. at that point. Yeah. You know, she just motored on by. Right. Um, so that was kind of funny, but, um, but yeah, having them out there was awesome. But so you, your other question about the shoes. So I, I said on the last podcast, I'm wearing the on ultras, the cloud ultra. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start the race in those. Cause I don't think it's best, you know, start a race in a shoe. You've never really run a lot in and I hadn't run a lot in those shoes. So I went out in the lone peaks and those things were spotless as far as like their performance, like I said, but Grace and Melissa both, did run in the on cloud ultra and how'd that go for um, them (laughs) yeah so so grace's feet are pretty beat up and melissa was she was pretty sore at the end of the race also so you know you get home from one of these races we got home late and we just all went to bed we took showers and went to bed well the next day i got up and i'm cleaning up everything and i pull out the shoes and i'm taking melissa's shoes and i'm dumping the sand out of it and just a ton of sand is coming out of melissa's shoes so i'm like i'm gonna take grace's shoes and i'm gonna actually like pile the sand up and see how much it is there was so much sand in grace's shoes that i was blown away i mean it was like piles it was piles in both shoe and it all piled into the balls of her feet because that's where your shoe kind of cups so it makes sense that she was beating her feet up with those shoes and on top of that there was a ton of shoes in i'm sorry sand in her socks so there's even more sand than I was able to like gather there. And I'm not, yes. these aren't like quarter size piles. This is like a pile, like three quarters, you know, in diameter. And then like, like six, well, I wouldn't say six, like three or four quarters high. It's a big, little, big pile of sand. Um, I did the same with my shoes and like, it's not even a pile. It's like a dusting. So we started looking at the shoes and, you know, the, the thing about the cloud ultra is it's got a mesh toe box top. So the, and so every time they went through that water section, on the sound, the sand was just getting into their shoes and then the sand doesn't come out. The water came out. Grace made a point. She's like, these shoes dewater, great. Like, so if you're just running through puddles, they just, they dewater very quickly. Um, I would say the Lone Peaks don't really let the water in and they didn't let the sand in. So that worked out really well. A uh, little side note to that, Grace said she actually took her shoes off twice during the race and pulled sand out of them. So I can only imagine how much sand was really in those shoes. So that's, that's something to consider. Right. Um, The other thing about those shoes that I noticed as I was cleaning them was I actually had to use a hose to hose out the cloud pockets on the shoes. And Mm. people talk about those shoes catching rocks and all this. And I think that's a bunch of, it's a bunch of bull. They might catch little rocks here and there, but I think they they probably work themselves right out because the physics of that just doesn't make sense to me. But mud on the other hand, the mud in that section, that black mud I told you told you about, when you step down into that, that stuff is going to flow into those holes. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it packed that, you know, cloud p- 
pocket on both of their shoes. And I can only imagine that that takes away from that cushioning of that shoe. Right. Uh, you know, I, I didn't run tests or anything, but I can only imagine that takes away cushioning and it's weight. You got to right. carry that, yeah, around, that yeah, the, the weight was the thing I was thinking because yeah, I mean, that would definitely yeah. add up. Mm. So, so, you know, I think it's kind of awesome. Melissa's a on ambassador, you know, she can take this feedback to them because this mm-hmm. is their first like true ultra shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so I, I did talk to Grace just today about it. And I said, what would you say if I brought you on and asked you about the shoe? And she said, well, I would say this, it's not a shoe for running through, you know, on a sandy beach and <laughs> in the water. You know, we proved that, but she said, if you're a ultra runner who does an occasional off-road, she said, I think this is a good shoe, shoe for on-road ultra running and one of those like on off-road courses because unlike a shoe like we talked about the 1080 that traction wise that shoe is awful like you you get into it like a little tiny puddle you got to like tiptoe through it this shoe really can't handle that so if you're in that like wet road ultra or a little bit of gravel running dirt running ultra a little bit of water where you're not submerging your foot this might be the shoe for that um but if you're not doing that um, it's, it's almost a $200 shoe. And I, and Grace and I think that it's just not worth it. Right. So, so a little bit, that was a little bit of tech on the shoe. So did you right. have another question, George? I had two more questions and, 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 and we appreciate the, the, the thorough review of the race here, man. Um, two more questions. First one, tell us about the singlet. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, uh, I ran the first two laps in a, and just a fleet feet, you know, wicking shirt and it worked out really well. And then, but then that thing got glued to me because it was so humid out there. So I took that thing off and I have this, I have this singlet that I got from Tracksmith. Um, there you go. I'm part of their hair AC club. Yeah, I know you're like, <laughs> yeah, name yeah, I was going to say, Mich- Michelle, we're, we're starting to get past Michelle's bedtime here and she was starting to nod off. You yeah, say yeah, Tracksmith and it's like, wait, Tracksmith? What? No, I'm, She's gonna be I'm wondering, is he just going to the mention of the brand? No, I'm more curious. <laughs> no, is he just going to no. call it a singlet or is he going to you know, give us the detail, <laughs> the important detail? Yeah. So it's, it's the hair AC singlet and no, I, I'm too cheap to like buy into the hair AC but I won a turkey trot and they had this deal where if you win a turkey trot and you provide the results, they'll let you, they'll induct you into the hair AC group. So I, I'm, I'm a member of hair AC. They send you the, the singlet. And part of the deal is once a year, if you go run a PR, they'll uh, give you a gift certificate for a hundred bucks. If you run the race in the PR and, and PR. So, you know, I knew I was going to wear at least two pair, two shirts during the race. So I had this sitting on top of my bag and, as I came through the ninth lap, I was going to put it on and I was going to wear it for my 10th lap and, and all of that. And I totally forgot. And I'm like, darn it. And, you know, I finished the race and I'm like, well, there goes another one. You know, I won't have a picture to, to send to Harry C to say, or to track Smith to say, Hey, I, I ran this race and all that. But as I'm standing there looking over my bag, uh, Tom, the race director starts calling me over the, over the loudspeaker to come up and, you know, talk about the race. And I'm like, gosh, I'm I'm just destroyed here. So I'm like, Oh, I'll bet they'll take a picture. And sure (laughs) enough, he goes, cause we want to take a picture. So I grab my singlet and I'm, 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 this sounds awful, but I'm like, this is exactly what Tracksmith wants. They want 
PR, right? So I throw my singlet on, and I gotta say, it's pretty, it's a pretty comfortable singlet. It's the only <laughs> you put it on, you're like, you're like, I should have been wearing this. The I whole should time. have worn this. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never, I always forget it, but it's the only singlet I own. But I put it on, I'm like, this thing's really nice. And I go up there, and Tom interviews me, and they they actually posted a video on the Southern Tour Ultra Facebook page of this interview with Tom, and I, I sound like a, I sound like I just ran a 50 miler, you know. And I've got my BRR buff up over my yeah, nose because yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't want to get COVID from anybody, you know. So I've got that up, and I'm in this group, you know, t- sitting there talking to Tom. And so yeah, so I, I did throw the single on for the interview, and Tracksmith did honor the agreement, and they they uh, gave me the hundred dollar gift certificate, and I've already used it. What did you buy? <laughs> we just want to hear. I got, I I got a. Uh, nobody wants to know about i got a shirt and a pair of half tights i mean come on <laughs> always wearing right a pair on. of half tights so awesome very tights. good all right and the other question i have is when you came back to your house and you told azunzi how you did what did he say <laughs> so for context the zunzi context the zunzi is our uh, we'll call him our foster child from south africa um, if you haven't heard me talk about him before, Zumi's awesome. Uh, he's a 19 year old. He's, he's on a soccer scholarship at NC state and he comes up and hangs out with us on the weekends. And, uh, well, he's got a room here. He lives with us. We support him everywhere we can. Um, but I, yeah, I walk into the room and he says, he calls me coach because of, of a, a soccer relationship we have. And he said, so coach, well done. What did you win? Did you win a house? <laughs> did you win a million dollars and i said i said no i won this hat <laughs> and he looks at me because that's that's literally what i want i won this hat and he looks at me and he goes no <laughs> not for a million dollars would i run 50 miles for a hat oh. <laughs> that was just a awesome. great you know capstone to the whole experience that's right. yeah that's right that's right yeah. awesome very good very good congratulations eric congratulations um i Thanks, uh, I, I, I saw it. the file on strava it was fun following along on that day because they actually you know you mentioned the the without limits the race company did a good job they actually were updating their results spreadsheet with splits all along and so uh, Michelle and I actually got to tra- track you pretty well, and, and and all of our other friends actually got to track you pretty well throughout the course of that race. Um, uh-huh. And and so it was fun to to kind of watch it unfold. It was fun to watch Grace move up from like tenth all the way up into fourth. Um, she was to, up in third at one so, time. I think, so wasn't yeah, she? yeah. So that that was fun to pretty watch cool. too. Um, um, and so so yeah, it was neat. And then and then of course you know seeing seeing Melissa and following along with her and 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 and. Um, and then of course, ultimately she didn't quite make it there, but you said that she, she got 48 miles. Right. Because of the whole yeah. mileage, you know, so I guess she, she probably got 47 and change right? because that last lap is five and, you know, five point something and it added up. Everybody got 53 miles when they finished in the 50 right. miler. Right. And I think that was, that was kind of funny. You know, I, I eventually in true ultra form, like, the, the people that were kind of the way the race works is that you only see about 50 yards of the race when you're in the big field to the sure. finish line. Sure. 
So like there's these people have a tent right there at the corner where you kind of loop in and I waddled over there, you know, and I'm kind of standing there and these people are like, Hey, you're the guy who won the 50 miler. And I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, they bring me out a chair. They bring me over a water. You know, they, they're like, here, just, just take, you know, sit down. And they're like talking to me and all this stuff. And, and they're like, you want a beer? And I'm like, look, I just ran 50 miles. <laughs> I peed once the whole time. I'm like, that is not something I need to be partaking in right now. Cause I'm driving home. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. But they're just like, and then what I'm getting to is like, why are you still here? And I said, oh, my, my wife and daughter are out on the course. That's cool. And it was, it was like, they're looking at me like, what? <laughs> you know, like, and they're all like the 50 mile relay people. So they ran like 10 miles or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, they ran like two mile, two laps and they're like, oh, that's so cool. So they all jumped into cheering for Melissa and Grace and they had seen them running and like, everybody's like, it, it, it was just, like I said, it's a cool exper- experience. Cool. Ultra is just awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well done, buddy. Well done. And, and thanks for, for, for bringing the report back to us. Des Linden's 50K and Air Calls 50 Miler. Right on. So um, final words, Michelle? Right on, George. <laughs> I think that might have been my only right on of this entire uh, podcast. I say you, are, the best you have last. improved drastically. It is so, extremely impressive. Final word, Eric? Yeah. I just appreciate you saying right on. I've been missing it. <laughs> I've been totally missing it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, on Twitter at pleasantpodcast, or on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, so share us with your friends. Don't forget that we're sponsored by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter, at itlcoaching, on Facebook, at facebook.com slash itlcoachingperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. We're also sponsored by Blue Pineapple Travel, bluepineappletravel.com, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, and on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, don't forget we're sponsored by SlayRx. That's SlayRx.com, Facebook.com slash here for SlayRx. That's the number four, SlayRx. Twitter, at official SlayRx. And Instagram, here for SlayRx, the number four, SlayRx. Discount code PLEASANT21. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. See you next time.